You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church Podcast, the new one in the new year, the first one of 2023. Pastor Darren Enns, how are you doing today, sir? Woohoo, I am doing good. And Pastor Drew Tarwater, how are you doing? Happy New Year, fellas. Uh, God is good. We have seen at the flip of another calendar. And I'm Rob Lazzi. I'm excited about this one. We're talking about parables and stories that no one understands. So I feel like I can relate a lot when I tell my stories. So this is going to be great. <laughs> so maybe there's a, some lessons on stories I, I, I try to say and do. You guys are like, what's he talking about? We don't know. So parables. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. Why does Jesus speak in riddles? You know, I'd like to say, I'm, guys- I'd like to say I'm smart enough to talk in riddles. I just talk incoherently. So it's fine. I don't know. Not, to, to me, a riddle is like what has uh, why did, no hinge and no opening and no keyhole and yet contains a golden treasure. Did you like so, that? That's a riddle. I don't know if Jesus was full on like Gollum and Bilbo talking riddles <laughs> in the dark. When we were talking about this to start, where you're talking about riddles, all I can think of is the Riddler from Batman. <laughs> so I know that's probably yeah. the worst characterization, but that's what I was thinking. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, when I think of riddles, I, I've never been good at riddles. And and then I was, Courtney recently told me recently that um, most riddles have the answer and, you know, the answer in the question. And so like, okay, here's a riddle for you guys. I have a tail and I have a head, but I have no body. I am not a snake. What am I? You're you. Darren? Say it one more time. I have a tail and I have a head, but I have no body. I am not a snake. What am I? Not a snake. Is it a river? I'm a coin. But see, the an- the uh, coin okay. was not yeah, in the wor- in the riddle, so I I do not understand no, riddles. A, yeah, no. yeah, it makes no sense. But anyways, Jesus didn't speak in riddles. He spoke in ready for it parables. Ooh. What's a, how would you define a parable different from a riddle? Yeah, so a parable is, I mean, just you think about it, it's, it's like a, a short story, and it's told to illustrate the truth, and it's usually a word story. Um, and so it's kind of like a, a teaching aid, and, and Jesus is usually comparing like one thing versus another, or he's comparing ideas. And he's usually using earthly things, right, like agriculture or animals or, um, you know, plants and, and you know, the way we live our lives and those kind of things. And what I love about it is they're really timeless. I mean, you and I, and 2,000 years later, can hear these parables Jesus told about mustard seeds, about treasures in a field, and it makes sense, right? We, we may not be farmers or ranchers, but we understand the concepts. And so really, it's a word picture. Uh, it's a comparison. And, and there are some allegorical things where you can compare, you know, Jesus is talking about the sower, which is God, and the seed, which is the, the gospel. But they're not true allegories like C.S. Lewis's writings. These are more um, like comparison stories that are simple, but yet 
have a complexity to them that which caught you, you really need to read them a couple times and hear them over and over again to, to understand the depth of what Jesus is teaching. No, it's interesting to, interesting to think about which parables uh, did you recap uh, last week? So we started off with the, the two, um, the, the parable of the sower, which is interesting. It's a parable about parables. Jesus is basically teaching his people how to understand his parables. Um, and then this week we did the parable of the talents. And, but what's interesting, if you look and see how many parables that Jesus has, I mean, it's been said that he has somewhere between uh, 100 parables in the Bible. Um, some say there's 250, but there's 30 that Jesus recorded in the Synoptic Gospels um, that are, you know, that you can read all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have these same 30. So, it, yeah, it's interesting, um, you know, the, the, the difference between some of these parables. A lot of them have the same heart, um, but... You know, the parable of the sower is one that I think that everybody gets to early on. So we wanted to start there because it really is a parable about how to understand the other parables. And not a whole lot of parables are interpreted by Jesus for us. Right. So it's good to, yeah, start with one that, that he interprets. All right, help us. How does that one be the Rosetta Stone of the parables? Yeah, so Jesus, uh, what, what I love about it is Jesus gives this parable, and then the disciples are like, so Jesus, what does that mean? Yeah, we, we have no clue. And what he's saying is that the, the sower is God. He's sowing the seed, that the seed is the, the word of God. It's the gospel. And that everybody is one of four different types of soil. You are either the soil on the path, which is, you know, walk on a dirt path. What is it? It's hard. It's, you know, it, it's basically almost as hard as concrete. And so there's, there's that, that's the person who doesn't have any understanding of God things, um, who doesn't know Jesus. And when the word falls, uh, the enemy just comes and picks it right up and takes it away. Then there's the, the seed that falls on the soil among the rocks. This would be someone who's a believer, but, um, you know, who, who doesn't have, uh, any depth yet. They don't really have a, an understanding. And so they hear the word of God it brings joy in their life, but then the rocks, because there's no soil, the sun comes out and burns it up. So, um, you know, that's someone who doesn't really have an understanding, who needs to dive in deeper and learn more about the things of God and get, get you know, uh, an understanding of what it means to follow Jesus and under, read his word. Then there's the, the, the soil in the thorns. And so the, the seed falls in the soil, it springs up, it looks beautiful, but then the thorns choke it out. And that's going to be believers who have... Uh, priority challenges in their life, right? Like money or career or relationships or hobbies, they become higher of importance, more important than Jesus in our lives. And then there's the good soil. And that's someone who hears the word of God, understands it, and it multiplies in their life. And so I think Jesus is saying, hey, when you listen to the parables, what kind of soil are you? As you hear God's word, uh, what priority is it going to take in your life? And as it sinks in, is it going to produce fruit? And so it's really a challenging parable to start with. Um, and I think a lot of Christians would say that we are maybe um, the, the, the soil in the thorns um, or the soil in the rocks and that we need to uh, continue to try to learn more and try to put God's word first in our life so we can become that good soil who receives God's word and understands it. So I think it works definitely on that level. Another level that parable can work on is just practically speaking, when somebody hears a sermon, when someone hears the gospel presented. Drew, you and I have seen a lot of people who who are like the who are like the path and, and the rock, where they they commit and they hear these things like, yeah, I really need to, you know, I, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but then they 
because of their life circumstances or whatever happens, they, they just, they, it doesn't last. It, it doesn't really take, take root. And that's, it's really unfortunate for us to see that because we want so much for, for the gospel to take root and to really change people's lives. But, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. And, and so that, yeah. yeah, that, that, that parable of just when you sow the seeds of the gospel, that sometimes it, it just won't, won't quite happen because of, of world circumstances out there. No, it's interesting to think about with like where this, you know, the seed lands and when it's like considered the gospel message of what we're hearing or what people are hearing. Um, what's the next parable you guys, you talked about? So we did the uh, parable of the talents. And so Jesus is, um, talking about the end times with his disciples and they're asking him questions like what, you know, he talks about the end of the world and the abomination of desolation and the, the temple getting destroyed. And they're like, when are we going to see all this stuff happen? What should we do until then? And that's when Jesus gives three parables. And if you notice, he loves to give parables and triads. Um, I just think that's one of those cool things that Jesus does. You know, he gives you something, he shows you it from another angle and then he shows you it from another angle just like he does in Luke 15 with the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. So anyways, Matthew 25, he's telling the disciples and Jesus' followers what to do while he's, when he's gone, before he, he returns someday to make all things right. He tells a parable about 10 virgins who are waiting on the groom to come so, they can get, so one of them can marry the groom, and their lamps don't have enough oil. And so he's talking about don't miss the party, be ready. He gives a parable about these sheep and these goats, and he's like, while you're waiting on me to come back, are you taking care of the least of these? And then he gives the pair about the, the, ten, the talents. And the idea is, what are you doing with what God has given you while, while um, you're living your life? And the, really, the, the, the main idea is don't waste your life. Don't waste the gifts God has given you on yourself. Use them for the kingdom. And so Jesus gives these three. He gives these kind of three different angles to look at it. And what I love, Darren, as you mentioned with the sower, when you look at these parables of Jesus, they have, they're have they so deep, and, and I think you can read them every time and take away a new truth. And if you see them from another angle, um, I think that's that idea of understanding. The more you spend in Jesus' word, you can understand his parables and see them in the correct light, which is powerful as you grow in your faith. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have about what is the meaning of a parable? Like, is there one meaning? Should we only seek for one meaning? Or, or are, are there multiple levels on, on which they work? Because, and, and we, I've had this conversation with, with other pastors and, and people even in my class learning how to preach. Like, when you come to, to a, a biblical passage, some people believe that there is exactly one meaning. And if you don't get that meaning, then you're not being faithful to the text. Now, there may be different applications depending on where you live, but there's only one meaning. Hmm. And, and that, it, it makes me a little uncomfortable to say that there's just one meaning because, well, what if I include this story along with this story that might change it from, from a different perspective. And also that makes, that makes the, the word of God, the Bible that we read pretty static and almost dead. Like it, it, it can't, you know, mean new things to us. There's not new gems to uncover and, and find the wonder of, of God's word. Um, and so I, I tend to think that, yeah, that there might be like, well, yeah, I, I don't know, Drew, what do you think? Is there one or Rob, like, is there one meaning or can we think there's two or three or four? So here, here's my thought. Could it mean different things? Here's, here's one of my thoughts, especially when people teach and preach the Bible. There's a, there's a time in the sermon where it's Bible teaching. And then there's a point when there's an interpretation that's 
trying to relate it to the culture of today where it may turn more into like a testimony more than Bible teaching, which sometimes isn't always defined well in sermons, which you can argue if it needs to be well-defined, but it's one of those where it goes like, here's what the Bible says. And then this may be the end of like, like Drew or Darren, where you guys then tell a story about, you know, a story in your life, how it kind of relates to the story in the Bible or a story that you've seen in the news where it doesn't say this story in the news is biblical. It's saying, Hey, here's a way to relate it. And it may not be apples to apples, but at least it's, you know, Gale at a Honeycrisp. It's apples, you know, it's a different type of apple where I think, and I think sometimes that's the confusion sometimes as someone who sits in the pews, you can go, when are we going from Bible study if you want to call it to testimony might be the at least the different definition of how the teaching is going, which I think that's a natural transition in a Bible study to go like, here's what the Bible says and here's how we apply it or make it application, which that's not always, and I don't mean to say this, it's not always a hundred percent biblical because how it might be translated on the pulpit to like, Hey, this means you should be doing X, Y, and Z. Well, maybe, you know, maybe that's not applicable to that person sitting there, but like you're saying, there might be, more than one application to the verse. Yeah, application is always going to vary depending on your context. Correct. But what does what does this mean to the original audience? I think is the question. Yeah. Like Drew says, the parable of the ten virgins is about this. I say the parable of the ten virgins is actually about that. Who's who's right? Yeah, you know, and I'm a Fiji apple guy, by the way. If you're curious, <laughs> um, so Darren, it's a great question, and I think. When you look at it from the perspective of what God wants to reveal to us, that he has revealed all that needs to be revealed. However, we need to be able to receive his word and allow the Holy Spirit to help us to see the depth of his riches. You know, Paul talks about the depth of Christ's love, the width of his love, right? Like, you know, just it's so deep. So I think there are multiple truths in these parables. Um but the reality is they're for all of us. So Rob's not just going to have this new light that he receives, you know, he's going to receive, he's just going to learn it in a way that's deep and true, um, that we all can. And so here's an, here, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil a little bit this Sunday. I'm going to talk about Luke 15 and the lost coin, but right before the lost coin is the lost sheep. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're like, why are you hanging out with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus says, let me tell you some parables. He tells the parable of the lost sheep. How many of you guys... If you had a hundred sheep and one went missing, wouldn't go looking for it, right? And when you found it, you would be happy and rejoice. That parable you can take as in one, look, you Pharisees are hard-hearted. You guys are punks. And you are telling me if your sheep went running away, you wouldn't go after it. Of course you would, right? He's also saying God loves sinners and tax collectors who were the sheep that wandered away. He's also saying that God wants us as his people to go after the one that has wandered away. And I think you could take it four and five levels deeper, right? And so I think in that parable, there's three, four, five different truths that God wants us to see. But as we read it the first time, we may only see one. We come back the next time, we may see the other. So Darren, I, I do think that, yeah, there may be a more common understanding, but that there are beautiful levels of depth in each of these parables and, and some more than others, of course. Yeah, I kind of think of it as like in life, there's usually when there's an issue or something, there's usually multivariable. Very rarely is it a singular variable issue with whether it's like, you know, why is the car not working? Well, was the proper care taken on it? Did you put gas in it? Did You know, it's like there's different variables of what could be going on. 
and it's not a singular variable. So when a story's told and there's something to be learned from it, you know, when someone asks a question, that's usually not a, you know, one plus two equals three question. There's, you know, multiple unknowns or multiple variables that can change, you know, the impact of stuff. So similar to, I'm, I'm an, in, I like the engineer way of thinking of stuff, whether that's, you know, accurate or not, that's kind of how my brain goes towards it. So Jesus was a carpenter, right? He was. <laughs> he's more, more of a, probably a stonemason, but you know, still a carpenter. Hey, whatever works. I'm not going <laughs> to, it's multivariable. So it's a different, different. I, mean, I think carpenters and stone, that'd be, you know, I mean, that's a pretty good career. Carpenter and stonemason and preacher. I wonder if he flipped I mean, homes. And Messiah. You think he, and Messiah. You think he flipped homes. He's like, hey, I, I <laughs> the Christ. <laughs> he could do anything, yeah. right? Like, hey, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fix this flip. Right. Putting little YouTube shorts about it, how you can make extra money flipping homes. Is that, is that the guy from Nazareth? Does he really know what he's talking about? <laughs> you know, if Jesus was, if he was living now, he would have the most epic beard, you know? Like he would be that guy on the HGTV show with this sweet beard and, you know, every, he's cut, he's got this sleeveless t-shirt. Be like, he doesn't look all that good. What's wrong with him? Yeah, what's up with that guy? He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of assuming Jesus would be American? No, no. I mean, we're talking about a, you know, a, a Jewish man who's just great at working with his hands. Americans can be Jewish. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, we're digressing, Rob. <laughs> so, so, <Please>. so help <laughs> me. Yeah, right. So I threw it off the rails. So I'm going to bring it back. The, uh, so with the big idea of a parable, why is it difficult sometimes in our culture to understand what was going on with Jesus' story? Like the translation from, you know, a 2000 year difference. What are, what are the big hurdles to overcome there? Like, why do, why do we call, even call them riddles? Yeah, I think they're um, one of those things that we're not the best um, introspective readers. You know, when we read, we tend to just kind of read and then we're like, oh, whoa, whoa that was good. And we go back and read it. You know, I, I think if you imagine you're sitting in a crowd, Jesus is speaking this to you. And he's telling you this parable. And in your mind, you see these pictures and you're trying to contemplate what he's talking about and understand. Sometimes we just read through stuff. And we're like, oh, parable of the fig tree. Hmm, interesting. Move on. Right? We don't actually like process and think deeply and meditate on what we read. That's why we need to go back and read them again. And that's why it's important we hear somebody preach or teach on them so we can see the angles. What are some modern day parables? Like what are like, not even maybe out of the Bible, but like stories we hear that we go, oh, this is a parable that, you know of a modern example. Hmm. It's a good question. Maybe like, uh, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. That'd be a more you of know, like a proverb. Probably. Sometimes I think it's more like an illustration. Oh, okay. Right. Like, yeah. not necessarily just a, a, a colloquial saying, but you know, one of my favorite ones to use is like, especially when I talked about the flood was when like, you know, God cleanses the earth in a flood, just like a farmer cleanses a field uh, of weeds with, with fire. You know, and and sometimes Jesus really does just give you know one line parables like that, and and they're more illustrations I think than than riddles. Yeah, and, and it's true. I think we joke about them being riddles because they can at times be hard to understand. But I think they are just comparisons and and illustrations. And but one of the things was it was just these there were there was a reality here that Jesus when he taught in these parables he wanted them to be timeless. He also wanted his people to understand, but. 
he was on the mission to go to the cross and rise from the grave. So he made them deep enough where people could gain an understanding of them, but they, they maybe didn't completely understand them yet. And um, if everybody would have understood everything he said, then they would have all believed and he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have gone to the cross and risen from the grave, which was what his mission was. And so I think there was a complexity to him. And I think sometimes God, he hid the meaning from the Pharisees and from the Sadducees too, um, because of the, you know, this, the, the power he had as being fully divine. And so Jesus, he gave these parables and, uh, Darren, I know you and I maybe differ a little bit on this, um, I think sometimes they had trouble understanding him because we see several times the disciples are like, hold on, what does this mean with the parable of the sower? What do you mean about the leaven of the Pharisees? You know, like, you know, that kind of stuff. What does that mean? And Jesus had to explain it to them. Um, so I think maybe they had trouble understanding some of these word pictures until later. Uh, but, but certainly it seems like there were a lot of people who got them at the same time. Yeah, I think what you said about meditating on them is really important because, and this is a big thing from the Bible Project and Tim Mackey. He's so big on, like, this is, the Bible is meditation literature. You are meant to read them over and over and allow God to to rest, or make yourself rest in the meaning with God at the same time. And so that's important for us to continue to, to, to think about them. Um, but also, I think, again, back to the parable of the sower, depending on who the people are, the message is going to fall differently. The Pharisees, in general, had pretty hard hearts. They had bigger egos, most of them. And when they heard these the stories of Jesus, they may have understood their meaning. And in fact, we get a lot of times that they knew exactly what Jesus was saying, and then they went away to try and kill him. So there's a lot of other times where these parables are known. The Pharisees know exactly what Jesus is saying, and it really offends them, and and their hearts are hard. And so these parables that Jesus tells allows those with soft and willing hearts, it allows the meaning to sink in and take root and grow over time, whereas those with hard hearts are the ones who, who resist it, or maybe just it glances off of them and doesn't even take root at all. Another thing I would say is that stories are way more interesting than lectures. Oh, like yeah. if, if I'm if I'm going to get up here and say, "All right, so the kingdom of God is is like a mustard seed." And and be, that's because when it does this and this and I'm telling a story, whereas if I create you know a three-point outline lecture of what the kingdom of God is really like, I mean, some people who learn well from just listening to people say point after point might be okay, but stories are way more engaging. I can always tell when I'm preaching and I get to a point in my sermon where I'm telling a story, like if I pause and make that transition well, all of a sudden people like look up, they re-engage eye, eye contact with me and, and I, I have them. Like stories are just way more interesting. And that's why we still go to the movie theater. That's why we read books. Stories are way more engaging than just straight up lectures. No, and I think that's one of the ways that God made the world to work. You know, God designed us, our brains, and the world to be captivated by stories and to be captivated by pictures. And you know, we talk about using visual aids, right? Like I don't know about you guys, but I learn so much better if I can see it. Um, and and so you know, God has it's timeless. The the ability for God to tell a story, an illustration from two thousand years ago, we can understand it today. We're going to be able to understand it in two thousand years still, um, should the Lord, you know not come back by then. But that is just timeless truth, these word pictures. And um, I think it teaches us a lot about how we need to teach our kids or how we need to teach our Bible studies and 
how we need to preach on Sundays, just to use pictures to help it under, people understand God's truth because those word pictures help people help it stick more so than, like you said, Darren, a lecture or um, just a statement. Yeah, another thing I'll, I'll, I'll say, I like to use this illustration, um, and I just used it on this past Thursday when I gave an introduction to Revelation in my Thursday night Bible study. Um, shameless plug, we're talking shameless about Revelation. <laughs> um, so we, we have to be careful not to impose our confusion upon the original audience of the Bible, because just because we don't understand something Jesus says doesn't mean that the original audience didn't understand it because of our context. So we just have to be aware of that. For example, if I would show you a picture and in this picture would be an elephant and a donkey and they would be wearing um, boxing trunks. One of them was blue with white stars. Another one was red and white stripes. Um, Like what would you start thinking about? Oh, a political fight. Yeah, political cartoons, political fight, like donkey equals Democrat and uh, elephant equals Republican, and they're boxing, and like... It's a libertarian, you know, whatever, their mascot just sit in the corner like, go ahead, keep fighting. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, we as Americans immediately start to understand that imagery and those metaphors and what those images mean, whereas someone from uh, from Peru, especially someone who might live in, 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 a, in, a, in a forest or the jungle out there, like they're not going to know what that means. They have no idea. And so right. we have to be careful, like we may be a non-American looking at an American political cartoon and not understanding it. So we just have to be careful of how we, we don't impose our confusion upon the original audience and say, oh, Jesus, he's talking in parables and riddles. Uh, what, what does he mean? He's crazy. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, we'll, we'll part with that. Any uh, parting thoughts here? Uh, that was Darren's parting thought, Pastor Drew Tarwater. <laughs> Any party? I've got a riddle. I've got a riddle. Since we're talking about parables, let's let's just talk about a, what a real another real riddle. You guys ready? Newspaper. Right, here we go. I suppose. I suppose. All right, here we go. A cowboy arrived in town on Friday, stayed one night, then left on Friday. How is that possible? Here's one where the answer is in the riddle. He rode on a horse named Friday. Uh, he rode in on Friday. He rode in on Friday. There we go. Yeah. All right, fellas. Right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Darren. Always a pleasure. If you guys have questions or thoughts or complaints, <laughs> <laughs> email your complaints to Darren at forefrontchurch.tv. Stop. If you have questions or thoughts, email them to us at life at forefrontchurch.tv. If you're if you're at forefront on Sundays at the worship. Uh, center there's boxes in the back where you can send connect cards and get those in there with put questions on if you want we'd love to hear from you we have some great podcasts and plans for this coming up here in this next year we'd love for you to keep listening share with your friends and let us know how we can help you out once again pastor darren ends thank you so much pastor drew tarwater thank you so much and i'm rob Blasi. you have been listening to more to the story a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, more to the story. Podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of more to the story.